Welcome to season three of the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast. I am Connie Nightingale, a former bodybuilder, certified personal trainer and nutritionist with an extreme passion for functional health and fitness. There is a huge problem these days with the standard health narrative. The current allopathic medicine, fitness theories, and nutrition guidelines are completely missing the mark. Through this podcast, I have been able to get uncensored, unfiltered knowledge out to the masses to help anyone. No matter if you're an average Joe or an elite athlete, I want to provide you with valuable knowledge to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Remember, the best way to support this podcast is leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes and sharing with your friends and family or tagging me in your stories or posts on social media. Let's get this health movement out to others. Thank you so much again for joining me. Now let's get to the show. Hi guys, I hope you had a fantastic and safe Memorial weekend. I am so excited that you're joining me on this Monday, maybe on your trip home from some fantastic vacation or camp trip. Hopefully it was a good one. Today, I am super excited because I have Dr. Wendy Trebeau joining me on the podcast. She is a medical doctor and she is a functional medicine gynecologist. And she's been in functional medicine for quite some time, but she recently had struggles with heavy metals and some mold toxicity. And that paired with her celiac disease and other health issues caused her to draw to dive down a really large rabbit hole when it comes to toxicities. So today we're going to talk all about that and detoxing and how these things impact our hormones. It's really a fantastic episode and I'm so excited to have her. Before we get going on this podcast, I just want to tell you guys I am so excited because tomorrow... LMNT is releasing their limited edition grapefruit flavor, which it's been out before in the early summer and it usually only comes out once a year and they are doing it again because it was so popular. They sent me a box and let me tell you, I do not like grapefruit actually. (laughs) Uh, Some people do. I am not one of them, but for some reason, this grapefruit flavor paired with the salt is absolutely incredible. Might actually be my new favorite. I will be purchasing a few boxes for my family because I'm sure it won't stick around, but it is amazing. So the way you can get that and a free sample pack of all of the other flavors, they have a bunch of chili lime, chocolate, citrus, watermelon, you name it. On top of the grapefruit is visit drinklmnt.com forward slash Connie. Get that free sample pack. Order yourself some grapefruit because it will not stick around long. I guarantee it. It didn't last time. So really awesome stuff, guys. If you don't know anything about LMNT electrolytes, they are so good for you. With sodium, potassium, and magnesium, they are actually encourage you to continue to drink water throughout the day, which is what I love. So I will put a half of a packet in my 32 ounce thing of water and I will drink that throughout the day. Encourages me to get that water in. You guys check it out. I'm sure you're sure you will like it. If you don't send me a message, I want to know what you're into. Anyway, before I ramble on too much further with all of that, here is my episode with Dr. Wendy Trebeau. All right, Dr. Wendy, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. You talk about so many things that I am into. We had a little chat off of the microphone and I was like, oh yeah, we're going (laughs) to hit it right off and have a great talk today. 
Yep, we are. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm excited to have you. And as I do with all of my guests, I have them share a little bit about themselves, who they are, what they do, and also what got them interested in their topic. Because many of us, our mess becomes our message. I don't know if that's your case, but uh, (laughs) it becomes a huge revelation and then we get super passionate about it. So I'm excited to have you tell everybody a little bit about your story. Sure. My name is Dr. Wendy Trubo. I'm a functional medicine gynecologist and I practice with my clinic in Newton, Massachusetts. We have a telemedicine insurance-based membership practice. And then we do all kinds of cool stuff. So we do functional medicine and IVs and supplements and nutrition, and we're working on group programs and things for COVID and all that stuff. That's the practice. And then when I, my story really has two peaks. So I became a gut health, right? Like your mess, your message, your message. So I became a gut health expert after getting diagnosed with celiac when I was 35, because it so resonated for me. And I was so sick. And I realized, you know, when I was entering functional medicine, the gut runs the body, right? So if my gut's a mess, it really does spoke on a wheel to every other part of my body and I was a mess. So that was the first peak. And then I did great for like, I don't know, 14 years, 15 years, um, maybe a little bit less, like 13, 14 years. I did really well. I worked on my gut, I got really healthy. And then, and then I had what I didn't recognize so significantly at the time, but I had two lead exposures in the course of a year. One occurred when my neighbor took his post-war lead paint containing house stone. I kind of knew that there was lead. I was like, oh my God, shut the windows because we're getting lead dust. I don't want to get that. I knew I didn't want to get it, but I didn't realize that I got it. And my hair started falling out. But by the time my hair started falling out, I had kind of forgotten. And so, okay, moving along. Then we went to France right after Notre Dame burned, literally, like they were still doing cleanup. And we weren't, didn't obviously didn't go in, but we like hung out outside and we spent a week in the area. And right after we came home, my hair loss accelerated. I got, I just didn't feel well. And I gained a bunch of weight. Uh, I gained nine pounds and I had a rash on my face. I'm like, what? an ever loving universe is going on here. And it took a few months because, you know, of course I checked my thyroid. It's perfect. Never better. Check my hormones. Cause I, I chalked it up to perimenopause. Like, oh, it's just hormonal crap. Nope. Hormones. Perfect. Checked my gut health. Pretty good. And now I'm really stumped, right? I'm like what's going on. And then I heard a report on NPR that said that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead or 500 pounds of lead into the air and the closer you were the more you got and the further away you were the less you got right that makes sense and then I went oh I was there I I got that lead exposure and so then I said to my husband oh I gotta do this testing because I I knew I had a little bit of lead but I kind of I'm a bad patient and I, I just was like oh it's not that significant I blew it off and then I tested and then my not so significant level went to hey I would treat at this level and so I treated and then my levels doubled because what happens when you start to open up the detox pathways is you actually see what's present. So it went from like, oh, this is concerning to holy smokes, not only do I have lots of lead, I have tons of mercury. Mm -hmm. And that really set me off on this sort of greased slide of, okay, like, you know, down the rabbit hole, I had already done the mycotoxins. I had four strains of those. Those are the toxins that the mold puts out when it's in your body, creepy. And then I was like, well, ready to do my retest for my mycotoxins. And I said, oh wait, that same company does environmental toxins. 
let's check that too. I had a whole bunch of those. And I looked at my husband and I said, I am such a dirty girl. And then I went, oh, oh, we're writing that book because previous to the lead exposures, and even since the lead exposures, I work so hard on my health. Really, like I don't eat processed food or sugar. I don't drink alcohol. I exercise. I try not to be a stress ball. I have good relationships. I'm kind to myself, like all that, right? And yet <laughs> I have this lead. And so it really sort of was poignant, like, oh, if I have this, what does everyone else have who may not be in the same places in their journey as I am? So that started me on this whole, holy smokes, like when you think about essentially every chronic illness, every chronic illness, cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, cardiometabolic disease, cancer, degenerative diseases, all of them. So let's be specific, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, autoimmune disease, every single one of them tracks back to inflammation. And what causes inflammation is toxins. Mm -hmm. And so there's an epidemic of toxic exposure in our world. And we are reaping as we sow with, the, with all of these issues and they're preventable and they're reversible. And that's my mission is to prevent and reverse chronic disease. Because, you know, I really say what our, our motto is, we believe you're meant to be vital, vibrant, healthy, alive, able to participate in and interested in intimacy till you're at least a hundred. But it's not just life for the sake of life. It's long lived with vitality. And that's really, that's really why we're here. So that, that became the sort of platform for the passion play. I love all of this. So you said so many things there that we could, <laughs> that we could branch off onto. I know it's so funny because I'm like, okay, uh, mental note of this, we need to revisit this, you know, whenever right. somebody's telling their story, but one thing I want to reverse, not so far back, but right at the very end of that, you mentioned about the root of all of these things going back to inflammation. And that's yeah. something I wanted to touch on because in allopathic medicine, everyone's just told, oh, well, it's, it runs in your family, right? Oh, you, God, no. <laughs> and I literally had this conversation with a gal the other day because she's like, well, it just runs in my family and, and we're all, we all are predisposed to it. And I said, no, no, no. I said, what you don't understand is maybe there's a gene that you have that, that your mm -hmm. family has, maybe you're predisposed to maybe potentially having this, but something has to turn that gene on that says, mm -hmm. okay, now you have X illness or X, whatever condition right. going on. And I said, so if something triggered what you have going on here, so we need to figure out what that is. And then the gal was like, no, it just runs in my family. I was like, and then you were like, I don't, I don't know that this is the best match. <laughs> yeah. Let me refer you to that allopactic doctor. Down the street. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny, but, uh, anyhow, so I did want to touch on that is that, you know, I wanted to highlight that in our talk because so much of this happens for a reason. And sometimes getting down to that can be very complex. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Cause Connie, this is huge, right? So yeah, it runs in your family. That's because you all live in the same area and y'all eat the same food and y'all have the same genes and y'all have the same thought processes and exercise patterns. Like y'all kind of do the same thing. So yes, it runs in your family, but it doesn't have to run in your family. Genetics certainly underpin a lot of it and epigenetics, which is the study of what causes genes to actually express their nastiness and turn on, 
Um, like I have two genes for celiac and one of them, it's nasty. Both my brothers, my dad, my first cousins, like we all have either gluten sensitivity or celiac. It's a really nasty gene. It's the same gene as everyone else has, but ours is particularly well expressed, shall we say. So yes, when you say it runs in your family, what you really mean is we're all eating the same things and we have similar genes and we live similarly, and that causes disease to be expressed in a similar fashion. But your genetics are not your future. Period. Absolutely. I love that. And, and that's the thing about epigenetics is things can be changed, right? Yep. And they can be, and they can change fast. And a lot of us don't think when we're young and we're out partying and we're doing all the crazy things, how that's going to impact the, our future generations, right? That's yeah, like right? the last thing on our mind when it's, it's in fact the truth. And so uh, diving into that a little bit further, I, what are your thoughts about like our, our, I mean, people, this is what I like to say, and this is where I'll kind of go with this is people will be like, well, I feel great right now. So I don't need your help or I feel great. So I don't need to worry about my nutrition or I feel great. Cause I, I eat pizza every day, but I'm not gaining weight. So I'm good. Or you hear people talk about their teenagers all the time, right? They're like, well, they're skinny. They clearly don't struggle so they can eat what they want. How do you feel about that? So I feel a lot about that. Actually. So, <laughs> so the first thing I'll say is you can't open a closed mind. If someone's not ready, they're not ready. And then I say, okay, you know what? I'll be here, right? Like I'm not going anywhere. I plan on practicing for many more years and making a profound difference in the world. Come back when you're ready. A. Mm -hmm. B, what I also say to people is you can't, right now you feel good and you have to decide what's your approach to health. Do you need to wait until you have a problem that you're responding to? I call that the bad enough bucket. You know, are things bad enough that you need to intervene? Or, and if, and if they're not bad enough and you philosophically need them to be bad enough, then cool, come back when you get worse. Or the other approach is to say, you know, the seeds of health start now. And so I want to sow them in a way that I can reap it well as I get older. And that calls for different behaviors than if you want to wait till it gets bad enough. And, and really it's, neither one is quote unquote better, right? Like this isn't a moral conversation. Like, oh, you're morally superior if you don't wait. No, that's just your philosophy. So you have to live consistently with whatever your philosophy is and then, and then act and act consistently with it. You know, some people it gets bad enough and then they flip to this so seeds of prevention because they almost lose their life. Right. You know, people mm -hmm. who get a cancer diagnosis are like, Whoa, big fat wake up call. Mm -hmm. Right. But from a lot of us, even sometimes like I have family members who have chronic illnesses and they're on, you know, four or five different medications. And that's just their sort of paradigm for life. That's how they expect things to be. That's their paradigm. They're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm living better than my parents lived. And I'm like, that's not saying much, but okay. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes your paradigm is what, well, always your paradigm is what you're going to live in. Mm -hmm. Well, so and I love, yeah, I love what you said there too, about like, I mean, cancer, that's like an instant diagnosis and people think it just happens, but it doesn't just happen. It doesn't yeah. just happen. It, there's a reason your body is doing this or, or Alzheimer's, you know, like yeah. by the time you have that, it's you're in deep trouble. That's not something yeah. you want to wait for. You want to look at it in a preventative nature when you're young and take good care of yourself. Right. And I think it is really hard to see that things you do when you're 20 
can impact your ability to have your brain when you're 70, right? That's a huge leap. But I will say, you know, you get make get real for people like, you know, your ability to have an amazing body and have great vitality and maintain your sex drive and have uh, less difficulty getting pregnant when you're ready. Like those are things that resonate for people for over the next 10 years. And you sort of, and, and then when you get, because in your 20s, right, your, your frontal cortex is not developed. You literally can't make good decisions until you're somewhere between 25 and 30 because the frontal cortex is not developed. It's still driving the show for, for impulse. So your impulse control is not that good. So yeah, it's hard to have that conversation. That's often when people don't feel well and we're reacting to it, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get a taste of feeling good and you never want to go back. Never want to be like, oh yeah, cool. Sign me up for like brain fog and low energy and gut dysfunction. No, nobody wants that. So, so it just depends where people start enter the process, but yeah, you're right. You can't, you can't say that to an 18 year old. It mm -hmm. just does not resonate. No. Um, so let's kind of dive into a little bit about what you're really all about. And that is toxins, like all these yeah. things, right? Clearly you went down a large rabbit hole with your own health and that's where there's this big puzzle. Like we're all these crazy puzzles, right? You can, you can fix your gut health, which is a huge thing. People probably get sick of me talking about gut health, but you can fix yeah. your, your gut health. You know, you can fix all these things. You can get your nutrition on point, but there are a lot of other factors when it comes to working with people, especially that have maybe some kind of condition developing. Yeah. Huge. So, so let's back up a step because I, I almost never do toxins at hello. It's not like, welcome to the practice. Let's get started on toxins, except for, right? Like there's no, every rule has a million exceptions. So the exception is, you know, I had a patient in my office who's 32 with aggressive recurrent breast cancer. We're going down the toxins rabbit hole from hello. She was, I was fortunate in that upfront, she was except for this cancer, she was pretty healthy, right? We didn't have to wade through food sensitivities and gut dysfunction and she was pretty healthy. And so I said, you know, we're gonna back into this. We're gonna go right for toxins because it's, you're in a tremendously inflammatory state. So, so the majority of the time, before we ever get to toxins, we start with the, what I'll call the foundations of your health. Your gut, you know, are you pooping every day? Are you constipated? Are the enzymes in there properly working? Because otherwise you're gonna have a toxins issue. Your minerals, nutrients, hormones, are they balanced out? Your sleep, your exercise, your stress reduction, your relationship with yourself and others, like all that stuff is round one. Do you, do you hate your job, right? If you hate your job or you're in a toxic marriage. You know, I've had a couple of patients be like, I'm in a marriage, I'm being abused, I'm being, I'm being emotionally abused, physically abused, financially, you know, that there's some type of toxicity going on, you got to deal with that first. So those are the foundations, you have to deal with those. Get those working reasonably well, right? You're not going to be perfect, because if you have toxins, it's going to impair your ability to get those functioning, but get those functioning as well as you can, and then get into the toxins. So this toxins is phase two. And when I say toxins, what I'm talking about is heavy metals, mold, I'm sorry, going on to the next category, lead, mercury, arsenic, thallium, cadmium. That's the category. And then there's other ones, right? Gadolinium. But I'm really worried about the, the ones that are, have clearly been shown to make you sick and that are difficult to get rid of. And then 
Mycotoxins, as I mentioned, these are the toxins that molds put out when they're in your body and they just sit there and wreak havoc. Those are typically from like, well, I'll tell you more about that later what they get from. And then there's other. Other is the biggest category. So other is everything from gasoline fumes, additives, perchlorate, insecticides, pesticides, herbicides. Herbicides is glyphosate, which is uh, which was Roundup, which was developed actually originally as an antibiotic. So if you think of it in your body, it's messing with your gut because that's its job. Uh, from nail polish, beauty products, hair products, lotions, dry cleaners, detergents, house cleaning. I, you, I could go on and on. So uh, air quality, water quality. So there's three big buckets that we're looking at. And what we're trying to do is sort of understand the correlation. So if someone rolls in with osteoporosis, I'm really looking at metals. And if someone rolls in with, now keep in mind that there's a lot of cross-pollination between these. So you can have osteoporosis and a lot of heavy, heavy pesticides and, and other toxins, but we're sort of looking for what's the most likely because you can't fight a million wars on every front. What all you can do is sort of like, what's the most important, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like people who have degenerative diseases and cancer, we're going to fight all the fights and we're going to amp it up pretty fast. But if you're like you or me and you're pretty healthy and you just want to do this because you could be better or because you've seen the benefit and, or you clearly know something's wrong, you can take a little bit more time. You don't have to do it all in six months. You know, it's not going to happen. I've been doing this hardcore for two and a half years, almost three. And you know, it takes something to be in that mindset. So it's okay to iterate. So depending on what the person rolls in with, that kind of guides my idea of where we're going to start. If you're an asthma person with lots of rashes and, and you're sort of amped up, I'm going to start with mycotoxins. Um, so it just, it just depends where you start, right? mm -hmm. what you present with. Yeah. So I want to talk about something that you're pretty well versed in. And that is, um, obviously we are dealing with a large amount of like endocrine disruptors of some oh, kind. Yes. Right. And people don't realize how heavily that impacts your hormones. And I know people on this podcast have heard me talk about it before because I had cleaned everything else up in my life. And I was like, what in the heck is going on? Why can yeah. I not figure this out? And for me, it was like stupid things that bothered me, like skincare products and my fluoridated toothpaste. And let me tell you, that was a hard box to jump off of the fluoridated. <laughs> I was in dentistry for 15 years. I worked on people for Heresy. 15 years, you know? Yeah. And so it was like, you know, they're like, oh, let's put the fluoride varnish on the kid's teeth, you know? And like, to me, I was trained that that was extremely necessary. Right. And then I start getting into all this stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, fluoride causes thyroid problems. I have a thyroid problem. What the heck, you know? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and so I got, I started to slowly go down this, okay, I've gone down every other rabbit hole. What can I figure out? Cause I have Hashimoto's. And I was like, what can I do? And I started cleaning up my skincare just slowly. One thing at a time, my household cleaning products. I stopped yeah. drinking out of plastic. I only drink out of metal now, like uh, metal or glass. Uh, yeah. You know, I tried to just slowly put things together that would accumulate over time. And it was insane. The difference that it made just by starting to switch out the main things that I used every day. Yeah. You're totally right, Connie, honestly, like it's uh, so let's back up a step, right? Because people hear endocrine disruptors and then you're like, well, what difference does it make? 
Let's talk about, first off, what happens in your body with your toxins, okay? So first off, hormones can be a toxin if they're not properly processed. So estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, they're all in your body and eventually they need to get out of your body. But hormones are fat soluble, okay? They can stay in your bloodstream, but they cannot go into your urine or your poop unless you make them water soluble. And to go from fat soluble to water soluble is a multi-step process. The liver deals with it, okay? So the liver works in two phases. Phase one is reasonably quick for most people, especially women, we're really good at phase one. And in phase one, you take that toxin, your hormone, and you convert it to actually a toxic intermediate, okay? Because you're making it into a fat soluble organism, but it doesn't just go A to B, it goes A to B to C. So you make it into this toxic metabolite, and then your liver needs to then bind it in phase two to a binder that makes it water soluble. A million things can go wrong in all these steps. So imagine you're in a world where you're stressed. I don't think anyone can relate to this, but imagine a world in which you're stressed. Now, when you're stressed, your adrenals, which are these little organs above your kidneys, say to your liver, whoa, peeps, stop the process. We do not need to be doing any detox work right now because we're about to be eaten by a lion. Now, you and I know there's no lion about to eat you, but your body doesn't know that, okay? So even though like up here, you're processing your stress well, in your body, it's having the same effect as if a lion was gonna eat you. You shut down detox, you shut down digestion, the food in your gut then sits and rots, you don't do your absorption, and you take sugar out of your liver and divert it to your big muscles so you can run. That's, mm -hmm. okay. That's the short-term effects of stress. Long-term, your body gets confused and you start to hold onto every calorie because you're like, whoa, what's going on here? This is really profound demand on my energy. And you hold on to every, every single calorie. And that's when you start to deposit weight in the midsection. So let's go back to this toxin thing. So you're, you're doing your thing. You, you go from phase one, toxic intermediate, phase two. Where does it go? Once you're ready to get rid of that hormone, it goes into your gut, okay? And in your gut, actually all over your body, is this enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. And it's an enzyme that cleaves or separates things. And one of the things it loves to separate is the hormone from the binder. I always think of it like a barbell. Barbell. When I first learned of it, I was like, it's like a little barbell, you know, the hormone, the binder, and they're separate, they're connected. So this beta-glucuronidase comes by and cleaves between the two of them. Now you're back to being your toxic intermediate. Your toxic intermediate is not water soluble. It immediately comes out of the gut, goes into the bloodstream, and your liver is like, whoa, I dealt with you already, but right now I'm busy, right? Cause I'm stressed. So mm -hmm. hang out in the fat till I can get to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause you can't hang out in the bloodstream. It's toxic. Your body is way smarter than you are mm -hmm. or I am. And it's going to put toxic things in the fat to sit until you're ready. It's think of it like a storage depot. Mm -hmm. So here you are, imagine you're human and you are trying to get rid of your hormones and you have a stress 
And then you layer on that maybe you're eating some food that isn't the best for you and you drink out of plastic water bottles and you have beauty products that are endocrine disrupting and maybe your genetics were sensitive and here you are 30 pounds overweight all stuck in your gut and no matter what you do you do not lose a pound okay now if you're in your body and you feel amazing in your body disregard what i'm going to say right but if you're in your body and you're like i'm not right Mm-hmm. I just don't feel like I'm in the right body. And no matter what I do, I can't seem to crisp up and, and get more defined and lose that weight. It's because you have toxins sitting in your fat and your liver's overloaded. And you know everything goes through the liver. Have a glass of wine goes through the liver. But when you're dealing with the wine, you're not dealing with the hormones. Right. I love all of this because it's all, I feel like I say this like nonstop to my clients and everybody that I speak to about how important this is. And that is actually, I don't know how things work in your practice. I know with just my coaching alone, when I start to glance over people's labs, if I see an elevated AST and an elevated ALT, I know right away, we already have something going on when it comes to all of these pathways. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's funny. Like I almost, I rarely check women's estrogen, testosterone, although I check testosterone a lot, but I rarely ever check estrogen and progesterone because if you're having regular periods and you're not having recurrent miscarriages, it's probably normal. It's within normal range. So that's not the place to look because the hormones are the passenger, not the driver. Mm -hmm. You know, the hormones are going to respond to what's happening in your adrenals. It's all part of the endocrine system. Mm-hmm. You know, your brain, your thyroid, your parathyroid, your adrenals, your ovaries, or your testes, depending mm-hmm. on whether you're male or female. So, so I'm not looking necessarily at the passenger. I'm looking at like what's happening upstream. Mm-hmm. And then I can tell you what's happening with your hormones. Mm-hmm. People think I'm crazy. I'm like, let's look at your gut. Let's look at your liver. I'm going to look at your uh, gamma glutamyl transferase, your GGT, because if that's out of range, I know you're not detoxing. And then mm-hmm. I can tell you about your story if you're not detoxing, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you say to me, I don't poop, I say to you, you need probably you need help with detoxing. Mm, big time. <laughs> big time. I'm like, listen, if you're not pooping, you're not clearing estrogen already. Oh, yeah. That's a big problem right big there. Problem. Exactly. <laughs> Huge. So yeah, so there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of ways this can go wrong, mm-hmm. right? So the first thing I say to people is it's probably a good idea not to drink very much if you're female. Mm-hmm. I love that. And people don't realize how long that actually impacts the liver's detoxification process. It's not just that day when you drink it's days after it is one of the, a hugely impactful thing. Um, I actually recently was dealing with a client. We've since then separated. I told her she's probably not for me. Uh, we're probably (laughs) not, we're probably not for each other. Um, would not listen Uh, it ran in her family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but probably not for each other in the sense that she was, worried that she wasn't making progress yet. She was having drinks twice, three times a week and has all of these health things we're trying to work on. And I'm like, listen, she's like, well, we have to have balance. We have to enjoy some things too. And I was like, not when you're in the place that you're in right now, (laughs) you know, it's a bad, terribly bad idea. And, and, and sometimes that's where it's really unfortunate because I think it's made this common thing that you can do all the time, but our livers hate it. They hate it when we drink. I mean, me as an athlete, I know I watch my heart rate variability. I watch all of the things and I can see that after three days, it take, I'm still trying to recover from that. My heart rate variability is in the tank. My recovery is in the tank. It's yeah. it, that alone is a huge, huge thing for me that I can see right on 
on my electronics that is bad. Yeah, I think let's take a little dive into one sort of thing that's really critical that people forget about. Uh, I've given this talk before about how when you're in like the 1840s, so 180 years ago, is that right? Did I do the math right? 1940, yeah, 180 years ago, the average intake of sugar in a year, okay, a year, 365 days, was 40 grams of sugar. In 2023, the average intake in a day is about 80 grams of sugar. We're eating more processed food that converts to sugar and more direct sugar in a day than we ate 180 years ago in a whole year. In a and drink. Not in just one drink, it can be. Uh, so, so I was sitting next to my husband and we were, I don't know why, why this came up, but I live in Massachusetts and we are the founders of Dunkin' Donuts. And Dunkies is like a thing here, you know? So you're like, what did you do? You went to Dunkies. It's a thing. So they've come out since I was a kid with all of these drinks, the, 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 like all of, I don't even know the names of them because I don't drink them, but I just on a whim looked up what was the sugar content. And I said to him, it has 72 grams of sugar in one drink. That's the small. Mm -hmm. Okay. The large was like 90 something. And, and that's our life, right? So when you talk about indulging, I always think about, you know, special treats are meant to be special treats, except it's evolved for us because we're so busy and our, it's just the evolution of food has been that the way we eat is it's no longer a special treat, it's just how we eat. But there was a time it was a special treat and that's so much healthier for us because sugar in and of itself is a stressor and it throws off the gut, which then throws off the hormones and that throws off the adrenals and the liver. And then it throws off the detail. It all circles the drain, right? It's mm -hmm. like, you can't get away from it. So if, if you've got one thing out of this conversation, it's don't eat sugar in any processed form. That's not to say eat a teaspoon of sugar, right? Mm -hmm. It's to say that over time, sugar is really unhealthy for you and will lead to a huge number of chronic illnesses and play a role in right? Like mm -hmm. every cancer patient, we say to them, go on keto mm -hmm. because you need to starve those cancer cells and cancer mm -hmm. cells are rapidly growing. They need sugar. Don't feed them. Mm -hmm. Don't feed them. It's deadly. I, so it all ties back. I agree with all of this, especially with the cancer talk. It's amazing how many people are out there now in the, in the health space that are looking into ulterior forms of treating their cancer. Keto is a huge, you hear people bash on keto, but I am actually a fan in multiple ways. Uh, I don't, I I've practiced it myself. It's not an all the time thing, but let me tell you what it is amazing. So, uh, but you get back into this, like people are being able to treat their cancer via their diet and, you know, getting rid of certain toxins and all of that kind of stuff. So it's really incredible. Um, Going back to the estrogen hormonal thing though. Uh, so we'll take a quick step back here because it's so easy when you're in this stuff because all of these things are so interconnected that yeah. it's just so easy to get down every rabbit hole there is because they are all so to, you know, tied together. So, uh, but back to the estrogen thing. So you have so many women these days, they go to their doctor and their doctor goes, oh, well, they looked at my labs and my estrogen was normal, but they're suffering. With, 
Yeah. <laughs> they're suffering with all of these things that show that it, you know, on externally their feelings and the way things are manifesting that show that they are not normal. And so can we dive down that rabbit hole a little bit? Definitely. Definitely. So there's a lot of levels to this. So <laughs> food is medicine. Mm-hmm. There are a ton of foods that will improve your liver's ability to process hormones. And when I say hormones, think toxins, because they're mm-hmm. really a toxin if you don't get rid of them. And so anything that's brightly colored, naturally brightly colored, right? It's, it shows up and it's this is the way it's born. So any food, uh, like Deanna Minix talks about eating the rainbow. Mm-hmm. So eating a rainbow of foods really actually does support phase one in the liver. And phase two is often supported by cruciferous vegetables and um, meat, chicken, poultry, eggs, flesh, basically flesh. Mm-hmm. And so you have, if you're looking at any hormonal balance, you first have to start with what am I putting in my mouth? Because mm-hmm. that's critical. So food is absolutely the core foundation of where we start with, with hormone balance. Mm-hmm. And you sort of, I always think of this like, okay, there's all these different possible pathways. So food and then stress. Mm-hmm. and then sleep because you don't, you don't recover unless you sleep properly. And then, and then what's happening in the liver and what's happening in the gut. And do we need to suppress that enzyme in the gut? Do we need to boost the liver's ability to detox? What's going on in there? Right? Mm-hmm. We really need to understand the person. Uh, I will say that between food and stress, those are two of the biggest tankers for 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 how women feel you mm-hmm. know because you'll your pms will be worse if you're stressed mm-hmm. because you're shutting the system down but wait hold on not to There's interrupt more. you but doesn't birth control fix all of that <laughs> uh, so yeah um I hope you sense the sarcasm in my voice there because that is the typical allopathic way, right? Is, oh, well, we'll just put you on birth control and then it'll fix that because it's abnormal. And what we, we are not looking at is the fact that there are a lot of other factors such as your de- detoxification pathways and right. your, your digestion. Yeah. So, so let me back up a step. I always have to back up a step. I think allopathic medicine, conventional medicine is amazing if you are pregnant because you're going to go have a baby either at home or in the hospital. It's amazing if you have an emergency and it's amazing if you need surgery, mechanical issues. Think of those as mechanical things that need to be addressed. You know, you have a, you have something in you, it needs to come out Mm -hmm. either via the vaginal route or the C-section route. Like those are mechanical. Those are truly mechanical behaviors. If you have a mechanical thing, allopathic conventional medicine is your way to go, right? Like I say to people, if you have a big honk and mass, functional medicine is not the place to be. It's maybe an adjunct, but it's not the first place you start. So, mm-hmm. so, okay. So when you look at birth control, let's start with if a woman need, I mean, I, I firmly, fully, full-throatedly support every woman's right to determine her own body. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to be pregnant and you can't get an IUD or Uh, it's not appropriate to get your tubes tight, whatever. Condoms to me are not birth control. (laughs) I mean, they're a good start. I don't mean to go off a rant, but Mm -hmm. you know, I say to women, you're never going to regret using a condom and you know, you might need additional backup. Mm -hmm. So the birth control pill is a fantastic way for women to control their menses and not ovulate and not get pregnant until they're ready. Right. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not really the right treatment for the problem of PMS. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong treatment, mm-hmm. right? The birth control tr- pill is treatment for unwanted fertility. Mm-hmm. It's not treatment for balancing hormones. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and it does have consequences over time. And it, one of them is that it alters the gut and alters the balance of the gut. So women are more likely to have yeast, which throws off the system. And so uh, there's some evidence that it may link to a slight increase in breast cancer over time, slight, but Mm -hmm. present. Um, And then it doesn't fix the problem. Mm -hmm. But I just don't want to collapse. Like, you know, if you need the pill for birth control, you need that. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to have an unplanned pregnancy, you need need the pill. Mm -hmm. The frustrating part of that is, though, is it's becoming treatment, not a preventative thing as far as becoming pregnant. It is becoming treatment. I hear it multiple times a day from consultation calls and things like that for all of these things. When half the time, I'm sure you are, you hear this more than me, but when someone starts describing your cycle, you already know what's happening. Like, it's like, okay, no, like I have an idea what your labs would look like before even running them. And then like, in my case of things, I love to, I always do hormones anyways, because it's great to be like, Hey, look at this. This is the downstream effect of this potentially. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, um, on that note, but back to where you were at, as far as the the birth control goes. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think it's funny because I have a lot of patients in my practice with polycystic ovarian syndrome Mm -hmm. and and they're all on the pill, right? They come in on the pill. And I'm like, wait, do you want to be on the pill? Do you like to be on the pill? No. Okay. Well, we can fix the hormonal imbalances um, by managing, because the issue is managing the sex hormone binding globulin and managing the testosterone. Mm-hmm. Because that, that when you look at it, it's really same issue, toxins, inflammation, liver imbalance. It, it all, you know, I feel like a broken record all the time because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's, that's a liver issue. Let's mm-hmm. fix that. So let's kind of scoot back a little bit here though, to like the xenoestrogens and and Mm -hmm. endocrine disruptors and things, because that's one thing that I found is people, you see them, they're drinking out of their plastic bottles. (sighs) They're, they're doing all of these things. And they're like, well, why does, why does this impact me? But the thing is, is, is a lot of these xenoestrogens are an estro, the estrogen mimicking, uh, things they are our body recognizes them as estrogen. They may not be estrogen, but our body is like, okay, this is estrogen. Although you do a lab draw and it says you're normal. So people are like, they go into their doctor or or even functional medicine sometimes. And they, and they get told, okay, well, your estrogen is normal, but they have all of these symptoms of it not being normal. Yeah. Can we dive down that rabbit hole a little bit? Yeah. hundred percent. So, so let's back up first to water bottles because Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, oh no, I don't drink from water bottles, but how about kombucha or, mm-hmm. or iced tea or something, right? And they're like, oh, it was, it was in the refrigerated section. Well, it is when you buy it, but it may not be on the whole production process. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea if it sat in a hot truck mm-hmm. and leached out. So, so it's really important to sort of wake up and go, oh, it's actually all the plastic water bottle, uh, plastic bottles, not just the Poland Springs water bottle. Mm-hmm. That's not the only culprit. And, and here I'd like to just take a diversion and say it never degrades. And so the things that harm us also really harm our earth. And it, it and 
and not to sound like a huge, I'm probably a tree hugger. I'll just sound like a tree hugger. Like, you know, it's important that whatever is, if it, it's just as bad for our earth because it never degrades. There's no way to get rid of it. You can mm -hmm. repurpose it maybe and make it into a sweater, but even then it doesn't degrade. And mm -hmm. so if it, it's like, if it's doing that to the earth, it's doing that to us, probably not a good idea in general. So the best way to get companies to stop do, using plastic is to, to stop buying it and let them know, you know, and really buy it if it were if it were glass, but it can't support this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's really difficult. Like, and there's a lot of layers. It's, it's really difficult. So, so, okay. So when you look at these endocrine disruptors, you drink, you, you, you get into your body. It's not just water bottles. I don't need to pick on that um, or other plastic bottles because you can get endocrine disruptors from flame returns that are in your mattress. So the thing you sleep on that you're so psyched about your new bed, it can be making you sick. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways that we can get exposed to endocrine disruptors. And so once they get in us, our body is like, oh, close enough, mm -hmm. <laughs> close enough. And it occupies the receptors and we process it just like hormones, by the way, we have to do the same work to get rid of the xenoestrogens as we do the estrogens, which means it goes through that phase one toxic intermediate phase two. And because we're often overloaded, right? We're not just talking about xenoestrogens. We're talking about stressors, emotional, physical, chemical, whatever, right? And then we're talking about additional exposures to toxins. And we're talking about maybe a diet, a way of eating that isn't the healthiest for us and not sleeping enough. There's so many layers to this that the body is really being bombarded. And so if it were only that, maybe we could compensate, but it's not only that. It's, it's all these other things in concert. I always say to people, it's like the soup that's been blended. You can't tell what anything is. You just know there's soup. Mm -hmm. So what we try to do is peel the layers off. And that's why we always start with food because you do it three times a day, you know, and you can eat food that helps you get rid of toxic hormones. Mm -hmm. So all the cruciferous vegetables now you'd have to eat a bathtub to equal the amount you could probably get in some of the supplements. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not as effective, but on the other hand, you get all the micronutrients that you don't get in the pills. So mm -hmm. eating your cruciferous vegetables and that's broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, spinach. I think mm -hmm. I'm forgetting one. I think is rutabaga one. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you, wouldn't, wouldn't recognize a rutabaga if I tripped on it, but <laughs> there are none in, in my area. Maybe, maybe the farm show will give us one and I'll be like, Oh, cool. That's so funny. Um, I know, right? But but certainly the big ones, like you can pretty much mm -hmm. always get fresh or frozen broccoli. Organic would be ideal because then you're not loading up on top. You're not retoxing mm -hmm. as you're trying to detox. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways to impact this because it's so impactful. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's super interesting that you bring that up as well, because it's funny. I, I kind of have some clients if needed, I have them go through, um, a little bit of a liver protocol mm -hmm. and it, it has a very direct, uh, like eating plan that they have to go on. And they're like, well, why do I have to go on that? And it's like, well, because a lot of these things support your natural detoxification processes. Yeah. So, so I'm a terrible detoxer personally. I have two MTHFR genes mm -hmm. and then I have those two celiac genes, which made this state of inflammation and two vitamin D deficiency genes and vitamin G vitamin D is like important for everything. Mm -hmm. So 
by the time, so I'm 51 and a half and, and I'm a terrible detoxer. And I figured it out when I was like 48, cause I had these health crises with the lead. So I, uh, first off, I'm still working on my metals because they've, I've apparently been loyal to them and they don't want to leave me, mm-hmm. but I do do liver detox shakes every single day. Mm-hmm. I don't do detoxes like a special thing, like, oh, I'm going to do mm-hmm. detox, you know, I'm going to do, I don't do three day things. Mm-hmm. They're not bad. They're a good reset. I don't think they're a detox per se, mm-hmm. but I really focus on what are ways that I can ongoingly detox every day. Mm-hmm. So every day I do the, the shake that improves phase two in my liver. And every mm-hmm. day I take glutathione and every mm-hmm. day I take my vitamin D. Like I do that stuff because, because I know that I'm not so good at it naturally mm-hmm. and I need extra help. You know, yeah. I go to like the remedial <laughs> detox class. Mm-hmm. Well, so get touching on that. If people want to like, I guess, where would you start? Like you see people every single day, you obviously they all have different things that they are working with, but if somebody is listening here and they're like, man, maybe I need to start working on this. Where would you start? Like what kind of, I guess, what steps would you take? I always, always, always recommend starting with food because you do it three times a day, maybe more, right? Three meals a day, maybe more. Mm -hmm. So And you have to start wherever you are. So if you're at one end of the spectrum where you eat out every day, you don't cook anything and everything comes from a package, then the first step is to start converting those foods into whole foods, Mm -hmm. right? If you're at the end of the spectrum where you don't really, you, you cook a lot, but you're making yourself pasta frequently or, you know, chicken and pasta then I would work on leveling up and either getting rid of the pasta or converting it to like a bean pasta. So you get the fiber Mm -hmm. and the protein and, and really wherever you are start to level up. If you're not eating organic, try to get organic frozen's Mm -hmm. fine. Frozen Mm -hmm. organic is better than fresh, not organic Mm -hmm. because even though it's been frozen, you're still not getting the pesticides. So Mm -hmm. you sort of have to pick your battles here, but do your best. The, mm-hmm. the take-home message is do your best, level up, start mm-hmm. with food, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you say to me, oh, I eat pretty well, but what could I do to improve? Then I would say, make sure every week you get at least 50 different foods in your mouth. Mm-hmm. That's hard. You know, we all get in food ruts. Mm-hmm. So try to get 50 different foods a week that are different. And, and here's where the RDA went wrong. They said five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables. A, you need like nine servings of vegetables and B, people stop listening at fruits and mm-hmm. they go, oh, I got five fruits today. And I'm like, no, no, you really need the vegetables. So think of it like the game is get seven to nine vegetables a day and eat a couple pieces of fruit. Mm-hmm. Flip it. Okay. So st- always start with food and fill up on vegetables you can salt them, you can lemon them, you can lightly steam them. Don't cook the death out of them. You know, don't cook them to death, but do something to them that will get them in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're good with food, then you want to work on your liver. So if you're getting all these different, you, you can either do it with food or you can do it with supplements. But this is the part where I say, okay, work with a functional medicine provider because mm-hmm. you need support. You can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You, you need perspective. You need coaching and support. Mm-hmm. So uh, alcohol is huge. I would recommend, especially females not drink because mm-hmm. it has such long-term, it has such domino effects on what it does to our hormones and our mood and our weight. You know, there's 750 calories in a bottle of wine. 
So if you drink a whole bottle of wine, if you drink three bottles of wine in a week, which doesn't really sound like much, you know, like two glasses of wine a day mm-hmm. is three bottles of, of wine a week, but that's an additional 2,200 calories a week. Mm-hmm. That's like, that, that's impactful when you look mm-hmm. at inflammation and weight. Mm-hmm. So cutting out alcohol is impactful. Mm-hmm. That's nearly actually a pound of body fat. You're, you're, you're getting real close to that. So uh, just to put it in perspective for our listeners. A week. Yeah. Right? A week. Yes. And yeah, over and time, I, that's 365 pounds. If you think about it, if, if yeah. drinking, you know, so anyway. Yeah. Um, and I know it's not popular, but those, those would be my first three things to do is, you know, mm-hmm. fix your food, stuff, cut the alcohol and then cut the sugar and work with a functional medicine provider. Those would be mm-hmm. my top things. Okay. And so I guess once people get to that, looking into heavy metals and things like that, is there special providers that you recommend people go to? Because I know that there's a big, that's also a big thing, right? There's people that are like, oh, you got to detox now. There's other people like, no, you can't do this all right now. You're going to end up with a major problem. Like there's a (laughs) lot of, so there are people that are specialists in working with heavy metal mold, things like that. Is there anything people should look for in particular, particular when seeking out a functional medicine practitioner to move further down there in their journey? Connie, that's such a funny question. Cause I used to just be like, well, go to a functional medicine provider, but honestly, not all of them are, are, are senior. So you want to go to a senior, senior level provider because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've been in functional medicine since for 13 years and mm-hmm. I started doing toxins about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know, I spent, I spent like eight, eight years not doing toxins. Really. I did Mm -hmm. a little bit, but if they had it, I sent them off to someone. So Mm -hmm. you want to say, Hey, are you comfortable testing, evaluating, treating, and making a plan for all of the various toxins? And if they're not, then you, okay, cool. I'll work with you on my gut health maybe, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm going to maybe find a provider who is super comfortable with the testing and treatment options for people, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's not, like a snap your fingers. It's, you got to get the data. You need to know what you're treating and you need to treat safely. Cause otherwise, yes, if you release toxins too quickly, you're going to be sick. Mm-hmm. That's not the goal. The goal no. is to release them at a rate at which you can bind them and keep, keep them from making you sick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Well, if my listeners want to find you look into your book, like how do they do these things? Sure. So my name is Wendy Trubo. And if you go on Amazon and you type in, the, the book is on Amazon. It's Dirty Girl, Ditch the Toxins, Look Great and Feel Freaking Amazing. And so if you're going to do that on Amazon, I'd recommend doing Dirty Girl Detox Book mm-hmm. instead of stopping after Dirty Girl. You okay. And then I'm on all the social platforms at Wendy Trubo MD. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming you'll put that in the show notes. And mm-hmm. then we have a free gift for the listeners. If you're listening, you're like, wait, I'm going to clean up my life mm-hmm. and start to get started. We put together all the sort of low hanging fruits. Like what do you, what, what should you use instead of that cleaner? What's a good cleaner? Mm-hmm. So we did all that work and mm-hmm. that's all in one place. So that's at fivejourneys.com forward slash promo, which is our clinic. That's our clinic is five journeys. So fivejourneys.com forward slash promo is the guide at Wendy Trubo MD is all the social Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and then mm-hmm. dirty girl ditch the toxins. That's, a, oh. that's on Amazon. All right. Well, I will make sure and include all of that in the show notes as well so that people can jump in there and look further into this and dive down a rabbit hole like you have and hopefully, (laughs) you know, get work on their health. So I love all of this. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. 
Well, thanks for tuning in. For further information about me and my programs, as well as free recipes and other health tips, please visit www.connienightingale.com or find me on Instagram at ConnieBegani. I want to remind you that any opinions or views expressed in this podcast are their own and that they are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness or condition. This show is not intended to replace your regular health care. Please consult with your current primary care provider before changing any of your diet, exercise, or medical protocols. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time.